The following podcast is brought to you by the Jonas Podcasting Network, found exclusively at wrestlingwithjonas.com. Welcome to the latest edition of the SWN podcast. I am your host, as always, Billy, and I am joined on this edition uh, by a guy that's currently appearing on the WWE Network, which we'll dive into, I'm sure. Uh, it is Levi. Welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Um, the first question is always the same, but just before I do that, I was very like, confused how to put your name in for these things, because you're Levi Justice everywhere, and then you arrived at ICW and you became Levi. I'm assuming it's because of Just Justice. Of course. <laughs> yeah, so we, there was the whole idea of um, there was going to be different names for me. So is it going to be Levi uh, Levi Justice? Is it just going to be Levi? Um, some There was one part it was going to be Levi Jet for ICW. So I was like, right, okay. And a funny story on that, um, I remember I came out and they were it was going to go as Levi Jet. And then the Titan Tron said, Levi. <laughs> so <laughs> we're all up and down of what my name was going to be, but eventually went with just, just, just Levi. Levi. Um, right, so the first question is always the same. That's it's already gone off course, uh, as this podcast often does. Uh, How did you get into wrestling? Uh, what got you hooked? Um, I remember watching uh, professional wrestling um, when I was... My cousin showed me this when I was a little boy. Uh um, it was about maybe five I was and I remember seeing John Cena and Edge and like immediately when you're a wee boy with, John Cena was the man he was everybody's favourite um, which he did draw like he um, he drew drew, uh, drew my eyes to him and I was like yeah he's he's the coolest guy in the room but Edge was the one that really got my attention of how much people hated him and to this day, Edge has been one of my favourites for so long. And I thought to myself, why can I not do this? Like, let's go for it. And throughout my whole life, people have said, you can't. You can't do it. It's, you've got no chance. And throughout school, people told me, no, you're never going to be a professional wrestler. Proved them wrong. Proved my whole life. I like to prove people wrong. So going into ICW, I'm going to do the exact same. Prove people wrong. So from that timeline, then that's, you've, I was about to say you've aged me terribly because I know that's 2006-ish, around about yeah. then. Uh, so that's when uh, Edge was properly, well, money in the bank was, was properly getting into the rated R superstar. Yeah. And of course, John Cena, which I never, I understood why people didn't like John Cena. I just couldn't. Um, the, the only time I, I did kind of turn them at some point is where he stopped doing the. I mean, this will be bef- this will be before your time, but this will be uh, he, he stopped doing like the the thagonomics uh, things and he did yep. it that instead, and I hated it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's just unreasonably I hated it. It's like I know that's it. I don't care about the speed pushed down our throats. That's the, that's the point of rule return for me. But oh, I don't get it. John Cena's just the best. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Like I'm not going against him. Like I love John Cena. Like always be one of the one of the best. Like, but it was Edge that 
got my attention. I was just like, wow, he's he just seems like the coolest guy in the room. So how, for so so how did you go for? So you said that you were always told that you can do it. Uh, did you have a bit of a? Did you kind of prepare yourself before you started going to GPWA to do like sports card? Because you're in incredible shape, if you don't mind me saying. Uh, so to do things <laughs> like sports or, or even karate or, or uh, martial arts or anything like that, just to get a bit closer to wrestling. Yeah, that's funny because no, I, I hated sports. Um, I did do karate. Like I think everybody did, like everybody done karate at some point. Um, but no, I didn't. I didn't like doing sports at all. And then it was eventually my dad. He got me into the gym. And then when I really took into being a wrestler seriously, I was like, right, I need to. I need to do something about this. I need to get in good shape. And lo and behold, <laughs> I took it. I think I've taken it even further than I thought I would. Um, yeah, I think yeah. We say about karate. I, I was going to say I did one lesson, but I didn't even get that far. I went in, I was like seven, maybe. Went in, I saw a guy doing the splits right in front of me, and I was like, nope, nah. no, <laughs> no, no, that's me done. Uh, that, I gave up at that point. <laughs> what, didn't even do anything. Didn't even have the gear on. I was just like, nah, that's terrifying. I'm, I'm, they don't expect me to do that. <laughs> I, just, I went home. Uh, my dad was furious because <laughs> it was just like, we just went out. It's like, no, they do that. They do the splits. They didn't ask me. Person must have known you were coming. They just thought, "I got, I got to show like this is what you got to do." And can I boom <laughs> dropping the splits? <laughs> oh, it was terrifying. I don't think I could even do it. I, well, I definitely couldn't do it now. I'm, I'm about uh, fifteen stone heavier than I was when I was seven. Um, so GPWA then. How did you find it? And uh, how did you go about getting yourself inducted? Uh, well, funny enough. One of my my cousin, his one of his best friends is Danny Cantrell, who's another member of the GPWA, and he said to my cousin, like Matthew, uh, Matthew or Levi, <laughs> um, he would like he would like to do that. So I thought, yeah, I'll give it a try. Um, it was I was always going through my mind. I would I want to do that, um, but I was so like scared because I thought what would people think of me because they would go oh it's 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 scripted it's fake and I'm like I don't care I got to that point I don't I didn't care so I went no let's do it and I remember the first day I went in um uh like we got a, they it was BT Gun was there and he and J Jack Jester he was those were the two people that were talking to us and I remember being so scared of Jack Jester <laughs> like right now like Jack, Je Jack Jester is one of the one of my favourite coaches like to work with he like he keeps pushing me like to this day um, but when I was <laughs> when I first started I was like he's the scariest guy in the room <laughs> so I remember going in like oh taking, taking the bumps it was wow it was first time doing it it's uh it hits you like it shocks you and i just remember like uh it came to finally doing a final assessment to see if you were getting in and 
done it perfectly. Um, but I was so nervous thinking, oh, what if I can get accepted? So that all this is going from my head, like, oh my god, I'm not again. Something is wrong. Like I've done something wrong that's going to get me put out. And funny enough, uh, Lionheart, uh, God rest him, so his soul, he um, pulled pulled us aside and went, "How do you think of how it went?" And yeah, it was. He went well and goes, "Yeah, not um, there'll be a few folk who won't be getting in." And we're all like, oh my God, that this is going to be us. And I bet you just don't need to worry, you are in. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> you had me going. Uh, yeah, but when you say that, going in, I would probably have had the same thought. Jack Jester and BT Gun would be a terrifying combo, and Jester would be the one you'd be scared of the most. But I think from watching wrestling forever, it would be BT that. You'd be the, you should have been the more scared of in yeah. terms of chops <laughs> and kicks and he's not the lightest of of, uh, oh, of strikers yeah. in the world. That it was that was the thing. He he, he didn't say not he didn't say in. He just sitting there just nodding his head, <laughs> studying you, waiting for a weakness. Have you have you felt a BT gun chop as yet? Uh, yeah, I have. And wow. <laughs> is it as sore as, as everyone says, or everyone thinks oh, yeah. it would be? Yeah. But I've got, I've got a, quite a mean chop myself, I've got to say. Um, so, so, so uh, hopefully, maybe one day I'll get him on the show. Uh, <laughs> but so, so you get that, that first couple of weeks and you're, you're through. Um, I love every time I hear a story about Lionheart, it just, it just makes me laugh because. I, I, I never I never actually met him properly, but I heard his reputation and it just sounds I could just imagine him doing that, just like oh yeah, just hang make me hang on and hang on and hang on and then just go, I know beer fine though. And then just move on like it was nothing. <laughs> I just I, I love hearing anything about him. Um, yeah. so his cousin, is this Dylan? Yes, yes, Dylan. Yeah. That's right. This makes this makes the question from Danny Cantrell so much more makes more sense now that you've said all that uh, but i'll ask it just because it seems like a good point uh he's, he's just asked do you think your big cousin dylan could buy you not a chance <laughs> throughout my whole life i've battered him no, no like even before the wrestling he thought he always thought he was the big the big tough cousin but no, no where were you were you a backyarder then for a little bit like everyone What's was that? What was that? Oh, sorry. Were you a backyarder for a little bit? Uh, sorry. Um, yeah. Yeah, was. yeah. Get the mattress out and and the cardboard and just... Uh, was, was there anyone in particular that you were or did you have your own character? Several. <laughs> I was several characters, let's just say... Um, some weeks it was like the likes of Edge, John Cena, and then one week it would be The Undertaker. <laughs> so I started going around going with the eyes, rolling my eyes back, getting the choke slams and all that stuff. Um, that was one time we, when we would do all that stuff in like the backyard and all that stuff, we would get pillows and we just use them for steel chairs. <laughs> so because they were, um, our, my, our parents were like, no, you can't use real chairs, so we use pillows instead. 
there's always that time you go to Tesco and you see the the foil sheets and you just slip back. Anyway, this this is definitely anyone listening. Don't do this. Don't do that at home. Get to school. <laughs> get into school and and uh, do it properly. Um, so was you said you have a kind of lack of confidence. You're told that you can do it. Uh, when was there a point where people started going? Well, maybe you, maybe you could. Was it when you debuted? Was there a turning point at all for that? It was, I think it was more when I was starting to train. So when I eventually got accepted into the, the GPWA, um, people started to go, all right, okay, he's, he's got accepted. But he'll probably pack in. Um, then eventually, it was that, it was months became years, and I'm like, wow, he's still at this. Um, and eventually getting my debut, they were like, People started to get really, all those people that said I couldn't started to really kind of get, not scared, but kind of got shocked from it. So like, we knew this guy from our school who was quiet, didn't do any types of exercise at all. And now he's, he's totally transformed himself. And I, I think more recently, getting on the WWE Network, a lot of people have went, wow, he's, now you can, now you can do it. So, yeah, it's, it's been, like, I kind of just went, once I started getting into this, to the training, I went, I don't care what they think. Uh, if they, if they don't believe in me, that's, okay, cool. Good for you, like, that's what you think. And I mean, it's it's that thing as well. Like like you say, you're on the WWE network, which is huge. We'll we'll definitely get to that. I've tried. I've I've been kind of working with. We're trying to go through a timeline, which has kind of worked so far with the podcast. We will get to the WWE network uh, very soon. But uh, before you started training, was there any? Did you go to, to any Scottish wrestling shows, or was it just all like WWE Glasgow? Or uh, we did go. Like I would go to WWE. Um... And maybe there was like the odd few shows in like in Motherwell. Uh, they would have some shows in the Civic Centre. Um, that's where I would see like the likes of Grado. Um, and I was like, right, okay. So that, that kind of got me into that kind of, okay, so they actually do wrestling in Scotland. And of course I knew Drew McIntyre um, done wrestling in Scotland and got to accept it into WWE, so I was like, okay, there's the chance of maybe going there one day. So there must be schools around here. Um, but the majority of it was WWE shows. Uh, so I mean, that lifetime there uh, we've just been. It was, I mean, you mentioned Edge, uh, definitely one of my favorites, Undertaker, what have you. I uh, was around one else because I like finding out who, who people is like maybe underrated, or if you've watched OSW, your boys, uh, ones that aren't as well known or respect is not the word but is there any any odd favorites that you had odd favorites god um i don't really know because uh i, I mean there was a few of them um like well certainly for one was bobby lashley at the time like because he wasn't as big uh, when Taker, Batista, all them were 
red hot. Lashley was kind of, they would push him, but not really go there to that zone until now. Uh, but Lashley was one that I really liked, and I really liked Booker T as well. Uh, and I, th- I think with, with Lashley, um, I, I remember the time for him, it, it was, he was pushed and then he talked. Yeah. So I think at the time, if he got a guy like an MVP, then he would have been golden. He probably would have been WWE for life by that yeah, point. Exactly. But there's that gift of uh, he, 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 he's got at the time. I don't think he's got it now. I think he's worked it out. But he had a speech impediment and he called Finlay a bastard, and then that was it. His push died that day. So it, it just goes to show some people need a mouthpiece with them. Oh yeah. yeah. As far as confidence goes then, so, I mean, when you've been wrestling so far, you haven't had to do many promos or anything like that. Uh, did you have any kind of, a lot of people I've been speaking to recently for like theatre work, they did drama in school. Was that anything that you'd, you did that was part of the puzzle? Um, well, when I was little, I was actually in a pantomime. Um, I played a, a lost boy. We'd done Peter Pan. Um, so that kind of helped me with my confidence a bit. But once I got to high school, my confidence dropped a lot because um, whole new year, new people. Um, so a lot of my confidence was not, like I had to find that in me, like find it by myself. And I didn't really, I kind of found that once I joined the wrestling school because I went, this is something I wanted to do. And now it's not like somebody's told me to go and do something. Um, I'm doing this because I want to. And that gave me a lot of confidence to go, yeah, like, I know the promos will be in here. And I can't, for my promos, I like to speak from the heart. Speak what's on my mind, kind of thing. It's the realest thing that it can be, I suppose, uh, when it comes to that. So your debut's coming up. I've got to note it down as 2018. Uh, but uh, that's the Germans cage match who are swinging a loss. Quite a, that's a terrible uh, acronym of, of phrases, phrases. That's not even a word. Uh, but it, it, they said a tag team match. It was uh, you with Mad Walter against the Purge. Now, I always assume there's a gala day beforehand uh, or a battle royal mm-hmm. somewhere before then. But when was your debut and then when did you find out you were making it? Um, well... When I found out, well, certainly for, we did do Battle Royals before I'd done the tag match with uh, uh, the Purge and me tagging with Mad Water. Um, we had some in Alexander Parade. We had some Battle Royals there and it was on, it was actually on the day of the Battle Royal that I found out. Um, Wolfgang came up to me and he goes, um, so what are you doing? I'm like, I'm just watching the show. He goes, oh, really? Yeah, okay. Do you want to do something else? I'm like, like what? Do you want to jump in the jump in the ring? I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, and it was funny because they got me to be part of the crowd and act like I wasn't I wasn't going to be part of it. But then he would pull me out, and I would jump over the barrier and jump into. The Battle Royal. Um, so that's where a lot of people start to go, okay, 
this kid's like he must be part of this school. And then I got the match with a punch. Um, it was a great experience, like to be able to stat like stand in the crowd because that I've always said that because I'm just like a fan. I'm just a fan like everybody else. And I've always just seen myself as like I'm the guy who's went and proved people wrong. Like, cause I have no doubt a lot of the wrestling fans have been told, like, yeah, they want to be a wrestler. And I bet a lot of them have been told you can't. So I when once somebody told me I couldn't, that's when I went, no, I'm gonna prove you wrong. So. Uh you, you just miss I mean you, you came in just missed the time of Chris Benoit, which is a dirty word in the wrestling world, we know that. But that was his kind of MO, was, was uh, just when he thought he he, uh, he couldn't do something, he went and proved them wrong. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, of course, we're no, I, I don't know why I should have to say at this point, but because don't condone Chris Benoit's actions, etc, etc, etc. But, you know. Um, so you had that first debut of the Battle Royal, which is actually a really cool, different spot. Because um, you you weren't just a face in the crowd, you you were kind of a focal point. Which I suppose as someone who I don't know if it, it was Wolfgang's intention, but for someone who, like you say, lacked confidence, it kind of thrusted you into all eyes on you, and you're kind of in a sink or swim moment. Yeah. Um, which sounds like something that that's quite a common occurrence for GPWA. That's probably why they've got so many folks that are working around the UK um, that they're quite willing to go. I know how to push you and this is the way I'm going to push you and take someone else's how I'm going to push you that way. Yeah. But did you find that that was the moment you, you talked about your confidence already when you started wrestling it was brought up but when you were put into a kind of a focal point of that battle royal was did you find your confidence like no this is something I can definitely do and I will still do yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Because um, that like that was the first time I was like wow this is where I'm getting my chance being in front of a crowd and it was once I got into the ring um, I just heard the crowd cheer for me and I was just like this is the coolest thing I've ever heard um, just all these people cheering for you it's it kind of puts that good tingly feeling in, inside you um, so certainly with quite recently with the whole uh Covid uh, situation, um, having no fans, it's been weird for me because I'm a very I can, I like to have the, the the crowd react when I come out. So I've had that since that match, since that battle royal, the confidence rose from there. From uh, so that would have been in front of of some wrestling fans, but mostly just people. Uh, so you go into the tag team match with the Purge, and this is all wrestling fans. So they, I, th I feel that if you go into a, a, an actual wrestling show like Five Pound Wrestling, you're there's not a pressure because they will, I don't know, have a better idea if something goes wrong, or they'll they'll have a little mate. And oftentimes they don't. We, we as wrestlers, as long as you don't uh, odd play say that you've messed up, we'll assume it's just right. Uh, but was there an added pressure then going into that tag team match and how do you feel you performed on that time, that day? I think, well, certainly there was pressure um, going in um, because for, like this is your first proper match. Um, so 
yeah, it was quite nerve wracking, but it was like immediately when I went through the through the curtain, the nerves went away. Like I've I've all I, I have that even today. Like I would maybe going backstage, I'm nervous before I go out, but once I go through the the curtain, it all goes away. And my performance on that day. Uh, it certainly has progressed. <laughs> I didn't mess it up. That's that's a good thing. Um, but uh, and even if I did, certainly my mum she would just cheer as loud as she could um, so that people would ignore that happened. It's always the best way to restart, especially your first match if you're if you're the, the, the good guy because usually you have your parents or someone you know in the crowd. Um, I, can't, I think it might be Jason Hyde who's coming out as a bad guy and his mum uh, just cheered him and he had to stand there and go, don't, don't, you shouldn't be cheering me. You're supposed to boo me. Stop it. And then everyone else about going, oh, they must be the good guy there. We'll cheer you too. Like, no, that's not how it works. Stop it. But, but, uh, but yeah, going into the match with the Purge, of course, that would have been one of their first matches, but they've come, gone to being a big, big established team. And then you did did stuff for GPWA. We'll jump around a little bit now because I didn't write down dates because I would have been too smart. Uh, but you, you end up making your debut in uh, Pro Wrestling Innovation in 2019. Yeah. It's not long afterwards. Um, going in against, looking at the names, a monstrous trio of uh, Hal Rayner, Jason Hyde, TJ Rage. Um, now, PWI, of course, is, is more of a... It's like a hybrid of, of like PBW students and, and what have you. So this is a different crowd. Yep. You've been used to going in front of the, the five-pound wrestling GPWA crowd. It was like walking into a, a new environment and also having to get your character across against three humongous guys. Yeah. It was um it was certainly like a a challenge for me, like new new crowd, new wrestlers, but there were the like the odd few faces I knew. So like I, I knew uh, Stevie Boy and BT Gun were there. So it kind of put me to a bit of ease. Um, but again, it was just when I went through the through the curtain. I I just it was it felt like it was just the exact not well. Of course, they're different people, but it felt the exact same. It felt like it was just. Oh, it's back. Here we go again. It's just, it's just, it's just a crowd, you know. It's not to. It's not like they're gonna <laughs> go attacky, you know. It's not like they're gonna. Oh, we hate your ah, You've done this wrong. That's that's the hope, anyway. <laughs> 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 One day, maybe. Uh, hopefully, Touchwood not anytime soon. But it must be nice, kind of having that that little bit of safety blanket then of having like BT because he's trained you and Stevie boy because he's he does stuff with GPWA as well. So. It's like having, it's not like having your dad watch you, but it's just like your big brother's there. So if yeah. you mess up, he can, they can take you aside and go, daddy that again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's fine. <laughs> um, so I also did Target Wrestling as well, which is Target with uh, Ross Hauser. Yes. Um, so again, that was a different environment. So I was working as a tag team. You seem to kind of make this a bit more of a semi-regular thing with Ross. Um, yeah. So tag team wrestling, he's a big dude, you're a little dude, quite easy thing to get across. So you're Shawn Michaels then. Uh, was there any kind of tag team wrestling that you kind of explored 
in preparation to that at all or it's just just uh, anything you'd be watching to get you prepared for that kind of tandem i think well for us like certainly a lot of people like they always saw me as the kind of like the wee the wee guy who goes and flies um does all the flipping moves so immediately i was like how can we make this how can we stand out more how can we be different to any of the that they see in this big match so i remember i remember saying to ross like there was the whole idea of me jumping off the top rope big giant crossbody and then i thought to i was like yeah cool it's it's a good idea like you expect that from me but then i thought what about ross does it because He's a big guy, and you don't really see big guys going doing fly moves. And we looked at kind of like people. We looked. Like I looked at the Hardy Boys. The Hardy Boys are one of like they're my favorite tag team of all time. So, uh, looking at some of their moves, um, but also the likes of what you were saying, Shawn Michaels and Diesel, um, and trying to make it. Looking at that, but how can we change that a bit? about that would maybe get the fans to go, oh my God, that is, that's, that's mental. Like we think it's going to go one way, but it goes a different way. So it's like, they all thought it was going to be me going to jump off. And then of course, Big Ross done it. And I just remember the reaction, like it really helped certainly Ross to get that big reaction to be like, Wow, this guy's this guy's really good. Uh, and then, of course, it's not always about the overall match; it's about the moments. So, if uh, if you go after the show and the target and target crowd are going, "Oh, it was a really good show," but remember when the big guy did that big crossbody? Then that's that's your a tag team. That's that's your that's your book for the next one. That's your book for the next show, and and so on and so forth. Because you're giving them uh, that bit to remember. Because nobody remembers anything. Yeah, why are they going to go back? Yeah. Um, but that came. Yeah, so so that kind of, the first time you kind of tagged with Ross was, of course. Uh, so we're gonna bring it down a little bit now because it was uh, the Lionheart tribute show. Yeah. Um, we're not gonna we're not gonna like sit too long in this kind of thing because it is it, sad. It was sad. He trained you especially, uh, so you at least had that kind of personal collection uh, connection. You got to see a different side of the the big massive character that is. Lionheart. Yeah. Um, as far I'm not going to delve it. I'm going to ask how you found out because that's just tasteless and disgusting. But uh, for the the tribute show, how were you approached for that? Was did they did Target approach the school? Because I know Lionheart did wrestle at, at, at Target uh, numerous times. Did he approach the school and and they were chosen or we asked directly? How how was that all set up? Funny enough, um, Ravy Davy messaged me and. I was sitting in my house and that day I was just, there was nothing, I didn't have anything on. So I was like, okay, I'm getting a wee, getting a wee rest day. And then <laughs> David messaged me saying, um, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sitting in my house. And he's like, you want, you want to come down to Target Wrestling? we got a show. And I'm like, uh, what time? And he's like, I can't remember what, what time the show was at, but I was like, oh my God. And so jumped in the car, 
and he says, you've got to put your gear on. So I'm putting my gear on in the car, <laughs> getting ready for this match. Um, and he said, it's, it's a match for Adrian. And I immediately, like, I was just like, oh, of course, of course I'll do it. Like, um, he had a big inspiration to, he was a big inspiration to all of us. So I was like, this is a huge honour to get to fight for him. And, uh, but I remember David was like, no, you got, you got to get your gear on. And then I remember I was like, oh my God. So I'm getting my gear on the car, get it on, I run in. And then all of a sudden we're not even on. So we still got to wait. So we're on. So I have just put all my gear on, run the boot, uh, the streets with this gold and white gear on. People are looking at me like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Um, and then not even on until like the second half. <laughs> so I think that was that was probably a sign Adrian taking taking the taking a wee joke out of me. They like to take a joke on me. I tell you that. So it was. I, I, I like that. I like how your your career that, that I'm getting the like the big moments like your first match. This kind of big kind of could be pressure filled tribute match because it's for Lionheart. Uh, it all seems to be right. What what are you doing? I don't know. Why are you doing this? And then and that's it. You're there. <laughs> there's, there's very little build. I don't know if if because because I spoke about your confidence. I don't know if if you're an overthinker. So if you're giving loads of notice on something, you're going to sit there and go, "What could go wrong?" And then by the time you actually get to the match, you're like, I've thought of everything could go wrong. This yeah. is going to go wrong. <laughs> so, I was like, not really much now. I've kind of went, everything will be fine. If something does go wrong, these things happen. Do you know what I mean? Um, but once, like, certainly for that match and, um, like, previous matches, I, I was an overthinker. Um but, uh, yeah, I think that kind of shock, like, last-minute call to say, we need, you, you need to come down. And, um, it kind of it kinda got me going, oh, oh God, I've got to get into the zone kind, you know. No, you had no time to think of, of, of the bad things. It was all just get my gear on and, and go. Uh, and then before, as far as our wrestling journey goes, before the world ended, uh, late 2020, late 2019. God, I've just forgotten that year entirely. 2020, uh, 2019. Uh, you made your ICW debut in the pre-show at Fear and Loathing. So it was uh, was it SWG three the pre-show. Yes. That's what it was. So ICW, biggest company in Scotland. Uh, yeah. Arguably, will still be when when shows come back. Maybe it'll be in like top one or two with uh, Discovery. I would say, uh, in there as well. That's a pretty big call up uh, to go from from five pound excellent shows GPWA to to ICW. Um, who who pulled you in for that? Was it Rudio? Uh, who who uh, grabbed you for that? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, my mind wants to go to Wolfgang. Pretty sure. It may have been, or it may have been Jester, but I, I can't, I'm not 100% sure on who it was. But when I did get the message to say, you're going to be on the the pre-show, I was just like, you're, you got to be joking. Like, 
I've only done this for a few years now, and you're telling me I'm going to be on ICW. And they're like, yeah, you're going to be on ICW. I'm like, wow, that's... It kind of, it really, like you said, like my confidence and all that stuff, it really boosted my confidence once again because it, it helped me to realise, I'm like, these people believe in me that I can go and into ICW in front of, like, probably one of the most mental crowds that you'll ever see and perform. And I, it really, it, it was a great... A great honour to do it. So it was. Uh, so of course it was the it was the pre-show. It was a battle royal. Um, I've got that as a square goal qualifier, but I have it in my head. It was just like the number thirty spot or something like that. It was. Yeah. It was excellent. That's fine. Cage match got that wrong. I have a few small brain for that. Uh, so it was you're in with with fellow GPWA guys uh, along with with the host others, but it was like look at the Patsy who who won it. Um, ICW of course is is famed for being terrifying uh the crowd anyway um so it's pre-show it's gonna be the hardcore of the hardcore that are going to be waiting watching you and judging you uh so how did you find that crowd uh to to go out to of course we've already established you're supposed to be levi jet or, or levi something you need to just be <laughs> levi so i don't know if that if you saw that first went all right that's the worst thing that can happen this will be easy now <laughs> so i don't know if you had that thought it's well awesome. it's funny because there's a few incidents that happened on that day. So coming out, I hear Levi Jet on the Titan drawing. It says Levi, and I'm pretty sure Billy said it was. He said, "Oh, here comes Levi Justice." So <laughs> I'm like, "Wow, okay." <laughs> but once I came out, I was the the reaction of the crowd. It was just like, "Wow, this is even." more different than GPWA, but I like, I felt the connection with the fans, I was just, they knew who, I was like, he, they knew he's the wee, he's the wee guy, he's he's the good guy, everybody okay, we'll cheer for him um, and thank god they didn't pick up, but I flipped into the ring, and I kind of stumbled and I was expecting to the fans to say, you messed up, and I was like, just keep going <laughs> so Thank God they didn't. And the end, the end, I thought, like, just when I thought it was going to be a perfect night, it, nothing could go wrong, something went wrong. I got, when I got thrown out by Luca Tapazzi, smacked my head off the concrete and got concussed and was rushed to hospital. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I was joking saying that, that uh, your name being wrong was going to be the worst thing. That's, yeah, that's that's uh, a little bit worse. Uh, so you didn't see the rest of the show then, because, of course, I don't know. <laughs> um, was, that, was that your first proper injury in wrestling then? Um, well, that, no, no, it wasn't. Um, funny enough, uh, my proper injury in wrestling was during training. Luckily, I've not broken any bones. So thank God for that. Touch wood on that. But uh, my my worst injury was when I'd done my neck in um, in training. It was a simple thing. A sunset flip over the top rope into, into the pin. And I didn't get over enough and landed on the top of my head. And all I remember, because 
certainly through that time, uh, Adrian Lionheart, he always told me, like, watch an egg, be careful with an egg. And of course, with his history with it, with when he broke his neck, it was that was the fear for me. So breaking your neck was the one thing I didn't want to injure. And immediately when I heard just heard something go wrong, I panicked. So and because I'm that kind of I'm a very would I say stubborn? I, I don't know. I, mean, I don't I don't really know, but I'm very driven, let's just say. Um so when I was hurt, I still wanted to train. I'm like, no, I can't let us hold me back. I've got to keep training. And then literally bump after bump, it started getting hot, it started hurting, it started hurting. And they said, you need to take time out. And it really, it really bothered me because I was right at that point. It was, this is where Levi's going to break out into the GPWA. He's going to be this, the next guy. And I felt like that's when it went, it kind of stopped. And I was like, that went from my mind. It was, well, I'll be back. Well, is this it? Is this me done? Um, but funny enough, they went, you've got a match in a few weeks. Do you think you'll be ready? I'm like, I just told them I'll be ready. And then that was the thing. I wasn't, I didn't train. So I hadn't taken a bump. Um, so I didn't know if the neck was 100%. But I remember going in the match, take the first bump, and I was absolutely fine. So the neck was probably the most scariest injury I've ever had. Yeah, just by the sound of it, it that's not one I, I'd ever want to, to go through. I suppose when you've got guys of such a wealth of experience around about you training you, uh, I would like to think that they would know, especially when you had when you had Lionheart there, who had the most horrific neck uh, uh, break um, in, in recent wrestling memory. Uh, it, it is... The guys there will know if you if you can continue or not. So at least it's not like some humdrum school whose guys have done nothing. They're just going, I'll be fine. Just no, these guys have done things. They know what they're doing yeah. and saying. Um and then we came around to, to March 2020 and the world ended. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if, if you had anything booked. I don't know if you were due to be at, at the next ICW show or, or what have you, but how how did you cope with the first of many lockdowns? Um, were, were you keeping training? Or what was? How did you keep yourself occupied? Um, well, certainly before the lockdown, like um, when I did injure my neck back then, I was getting the push to be he's going to be the next guy at GPWA, and right at that point, during like just before. Uh, COVID hit that's when we were, were going to go right we're going to pull the trigger on on Levi and then boom the COVID situation happened so I kind of saw uh, like it was awful because I like I went there was a lot of family issues that happened during COVID certainly with me um, but I saw it's kind of a uh, kind of kind of like a wake up call or kind of like a let's just sit back and relax take a minute kind of thing um, training wise struggled at the start but to be honest it was hard for me to get back into the gym 
once we were allowed to go back because I fully focused my mind to go, this is the way of life now. This is the way you've got to go at. Um, and to be honest, uh, I felt like I got in the best shape of my life so far. Um, I was just, the stuff I'd done was kind of out of the ordinary. It wasn't like lifting a, like a dumbbell or pulling down, lifting like a, a barbell, do you know, you know what I mean? Or going on a trip on a treadmill. It was constantly going out for runs or it was doing like a, some push-ups. So like there was certainly the, there was the 25 push-up challenge for the army that was going around on Instagram. Um, and, and I saw that as a challenge for myself. So I went, no, I want to push myself. And I started, yeah, I would do the 25 each day, but then I started to get doing more push-ups and more and more. And I thought, let's just try and do more of everything. Let's try and expand on the things I've not really focused on in the well as I was training and it really helped me to like just be as a whole and what your what your body can really do. So like there are there are some limits but if you've got maybe like certainly with my neck, I've always had like a bits of problems with it ever since that injury. But um, not like major problems, but I've seen it as kind of like a a chance to really focus on. So what can I do with my neck? Um, what can I do with uh, the likes of push ups and all that stuff? Like certain types of it, and it really helped me to go look as look at exercise as a whole on during the whole pandemic. I mean, you wanted to avoid the word earlier, but I think it, it perfectly encapsulates just how you push yourself. Stubborn is the word. Because <laughs> it is literally be told, can't do this. Well, I'm going to do it. Oh, you shouldn't do this. Well, I'm going to. It's just like you, you you take what people say and just go, no, no, I will, I will do it. Obviously, within reason. If, if a coach says do this, you'll do it. But if someone outside of that goes, oh, you can't do this. Well, I'm, I'm going to do this and, yeah. and uh, make the most of it. Um, a lot of people, of course, would either be everyone went through the same phase of uh, of Twitch podcasts, uh, all that kind of stuff. Your social media is not as you're you're not as as uh, active on social media, uh, I would say. Uh, so, how, how have you kept yourself occupied other than doing uh, training? Uh, are you a gamer? Do you binge watch TV? What's what's your what's your vice? Um, yeah, I like I do some gaming now and again. Um, Certainly with with that, I I bought the new Avengers game, which I thought was absolutely rubbish. <laughs> I was like, my God. <laughs> I looked at that game, I went, I think this will be all right. And then it was just not what I expected. But um, no, I do I, I do game a couple of, uh, sometimes. Um, not as much as I used to. Used to um, but... Uh, I've done a lot of just focusing on myself, uh, like kind of just being very about life in general. So like 
appreciating living in the moment and living in the moment. Um, yeah, exactly. Um, so, I, yeah, like binge watching, I did do some some of that. I'm a very like I know certainly with BT Gun, he loves the Ninja Turtles. Um, I'm a huge fan of Ninja Turtles too. So there was the odd maybe like. I would watch the old movies of Ninja Turtles, um, Marvel as well, and uh, not. Uh, I do like the DC movies, but the kind of got a bit <laughs> not not as good, you know. So, uh, great! This is the best part of the podcast for me. I get to speak about Marvel sometimes. Uh, right? <laughs> okay. So I am huge into Marvel, of course. When we were recording, Loki hasn't finished yet, so we can't really speak about that. And Black Widow is just about to come out can't speak about that either uh so this is hilariously outdated already um marvel films so what's your favorite oh god um i'll I'll go for a top three or five or something like that because i know one is kind of a hard one to go with certainly infinity wars up there it was different it was all i feel like all the marvel movies up to that up to that movie the heroes won so it was always a happy ending but then that one was when you truly saw them lose. You're like, wow, the villain is actually one. But that was the thing. You loved to like Thanos. Like, you understood what he was getting at. Um, Thor Ragnarok, I know a lot of people say that as well. Um, and I would put either between Guardians or Winter Soldier. Yeah, that's... that's- that's the, that's the classic ones. Um, I have a soft spot for Ant-Man. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I, liked, I, liked, um, I liked the first Ant-Man. Um, the second one, I did like, but not as much as the first. Yeah. First one I saw in 3D, and it's just insane in 3D. Oh, that yeah. and uh, Doctor Strange, it's, it's made for 3D uh, movies. But uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're all fantastic choices, and I'm... At this time, as I've recorded, I'm buzzing for Black Widow. So by the time this comes out, I could be less buzzing if it's rubbish. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'm super excited. But uh, I, I my, guess we get a chance to... Me, I've got to say, I'm really looking forward to the new Spider-Man because mm-hmm. my, my favourite hero is Spider-Man. So I think the new one's going to be a really good one. Uh, yeah, um, I'm say, I've got Spider-Man tattoos. I'm obsessed with them. So you see in the background, I do I do have my Avengers merch as well. Bit of a nerd. <laughs> but, uh, we're, we're all nerds in the end of the day. Like we were always like once in everybody's life they were a nerd. Do you know what I mean? Everyone has their thing, whether it's football, cars, superheroes, it's all exactly. Whole thing, um, but you know, I absolutely agree with the DC films. I'm super excited to see Suicide Squad, the Suicide Squad, yeah. um, not because it's DC, because James Gunn and John Cena. What's, <laughs> what's not to enjoy in that whole combination? Um, but no, I would say that Shazam was the other one I liked, the rest of them are too dark, or, or four hours long. Oh, yeah. Did yeah. you watch Justice League? Great, great movie, but. Way too long. <laughs> it should they should have done it as a series. They should I, have done it as as a three-hour really strong spot for the Aquaman movie. Um, it wasn't because of the director. I just thought 
Jason Momoa's performance in the Aquaman movie was just... It just wasn't like what you expected to be Aquaman. Because when you think of Aquaman, you think of blonde hair. Like, you know? Um, but he brought like a whole different kind of view to that character. And he, like, I thought that movie was the idea of him getting to be his Aquaman instead of just DC's Aquaman. He put his own spin to that character, which I really liked. It's, it's one I haven't actually watched, um, just because the rest have been so hit and miss. It's Aquaman's kind of fell through my, through it's on Prime or something. I'll, I'll, I'll try and get it watched as soon as possible. Because uh, it's, it's much like when I watched, I watched all the Twilight films because I thought, I thought, I can't hate something that I've never seen. Yeah. Now I can adequately hate it because they're awful. <laughs> I've watched them. I can tell people they're awful. Um, but but yeah, uh, uh, so Snyder's Cut, it should have been a series because I watched it in, in the actual four-hour block. In four, in four hours, I hated it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if, if, if it was in four episodes, I'd like it. It was just so bad, in my opinion. Um, so that's the Marvel bit out of the way. Comics. Um, Spider-Man being your favourite hero it's always good in my books um, and all that stuff we're into October-ish time last year then you get the call who, what, what was the notice period on this one, uh, getting the call to appear in ICW in the Fight Club Tapins um, that was uh, one of the the creative team uh, Scott Reed messaged me to say um we would like to have you coming in for some of the tapings. I'm like, yeah, I would, I would love that. I would love to give it a try and see what they think of me. And then it started to become more common. So they were saying, you can come in this week. You can come in this week. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Let's do this. Let's do it. And then they were just asking me to come back and more and more. And it was certainly for me, that's when I went, Okay, this is this is where I gotta go back into gear because it was because of the whole COVID situation. I came I came to stop on the whole, uh, the whole, like focusing on rest. Like yeah, I was training and it was for wrestling, but there was nothing. There was no matches. There was no shows to really really focus on and have a certain goal for that that show but once I heard about the tapings that's when I went right okay let, let's start getting back into this because I knew for certain it was going to be once we get back into the crowds it's going to we need to push it to a whole new level you know with the whole training and all that stuff uh, and then I was looking at your, your list of opponents and they seem to just get bigger and bigger as the matches were going on. So just, just to pick a few out there, uh, of the list here, you mentioned Kez Evans, uh, who is very afraid with your uh, chops. Um, guys like Jack Morris, Doris, Adam Maxted. I mean, these are all these are probably the biggest opponents you would have had by this point uh, in terms of, not in terms of size, as we mentioned, TJ Rage already, but in yeah. terms of <laughs> reputation and action, and, and it's more matches that people will go out to seek 
They'll go seek out an Adam Maxted match or a Jack Morris match. Um, we've already established that you're a you're a um, actually money give me the phrase. What was it called? Call and response. Yeah, we're a call and response wrestler. You like the crowd, you react to them. How different was that going in with nobody there? One camera guy, a referee, and that's it. So weird. It was my God. Uh, I really struggled. Like the first few times, I was like. This is really weird because, yeah, I've done it in training. Like, we used to, like, we would do some, ma- like, training matches um, and you'd perform in front of the rest of the students. But I kind of went, when I was going to go into these teams, I kind of focused on, like, trying to focus, like, this is what I've got to be like. I've just got to act like it's another day in training. But once I got there... I was like, whoa, this is really weird. And I felt very out of place because it wasn't what I was used to because there was no crowd. And I wasn't able to be the Levi they they know, to be the guy who's always hyped and ready to go. Um, it really kind of affected me. But now I've, I'm, uh, I started to get the into the swing yet. Uh, I suppose, I mean, it's, it's it's also a case of you don't know how big, because, I mean, if you're, when you're wrestling for a big crowd, the bigger you are, the bigger reaction you get. Everyone yeah. from the back knows what's happening. Whereas when you're in front of one person, it's it's very easy, I suppose, um, from an outsider's point of view, to be small, because you don't have to be big. You can just do, uh, you can just do what you need to do for the camera, and that's it. But you still have to be the big Levi uh, yep. Character at the same time, so it's. it's I, I, I when I watch them on, on the WWE Network, which is our next point topic, um, I just I don't. I, I just I find it insane that people, pardon the pun, that people are still able to to be their characters and not be not feel awkward. Some mm-hmm. in ring promos are because you they pause for a reaction that you're not getting, but. Uh, the wrestling itself, it's I just I don't know if you have, if you play the crowd in your head it's, it, when you're wrestling. So this is the point where they're going to do a big cheer. That's what I'm having in yeah. my head while I'm doing it, or uh, and so that. The WWE Network's next. When did you when did you know that it was going to be on the WWE Network? Was that when it came up on social media, or were you told beforehand? Um, I'm pretty sure it was. I was told beforehand that it was going to that it. It was it would go in the network. Um, I was I felt like to myself, well, I'm a new guy. I don't think they'll be putting me on the network. I thought they would maybe cut me out or stuff stuff like that. Um, but it was I it was one of the shows. Um, one of the tapings that went up that I realized, oh my god, I'm on the network was um. I can't remember which match it was, but the like the wee little picture, like the little Titan drawn for the episode, it had my face on it, and I was like, "Wait!" <laughs> I kind of got kind of shocked. I was like, "Wait, this gotta be this can't this can't be real." And lo and behold, it was real because <laughs> my mom certainly tell told me it was real because my God, when I showed her, she. She went absolutely ballistic. She was like, oh my God, you're on the WWE Network. (laughs) 
I mean, for a lot of people, that that's you. That's you made it. That's it done. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was just, I just, I was trying to see um, like who you come in the list of names when you start typing, but obviously on the mobile version, it just lets you type it and that's it. But yeah. uh, you'll be good next to guys, especially Leaf Cassidy, of all the names to think of, uh, of the L's. But uh, you've got 18 matches, 11 moments. Uh, yeah, just you're all over the place. So as long as I put in, as, as, as soon as I put in Levi, into the WWE network. Um, how how often did you share? How often did you tell people? Uh, how often is it on in the background in the house when guests come over? Um, well, it was funny because once I got onto the network, it started to get similarly with, with my pals. They were like, "Oh my god, you're on the WWE network!" And I remember it was my it was my pals. Uh, it was his birthday and. When I eventually got a little break on bit of the from the Thames, he was like, "Would you like to come over?" I'm like, "Yeah, okay, of course I'll come." Um, there was a few people, and that's where he started to go. Yeah, he's on the WWE network, and everybody's coming over to me thinking he's a w- he's a WWE superstar. I'm like, I'm not saying with the WWE, but I remember they were like, "So you're really." A WWE wrestler, and I'm like, yeah, I'm on, <laughs> yeah, I'm on the WWE network. So I'm trying to explain to them, I'm on the network. I'm not, a, I'm not a WWE superstar, but at this point, they think he's made it. He's on, he's on, he's signed with WWE. I'm like, right, calm down. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll yeah, tell you all the facts. You you make your decision from there. If I'm a WWE superstar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but certainly, um, no, we do have, like, in our family, um, whenever they we have maybe ICW on, it doesn't matter if I'm fighting or if I'm not fighting, um, we still have on. So my mum, she, she's very, once I started doing wrestling, she was not really into it as much. As me, but um, once I started wrestling, she got more into it than I think I did. So, like every time we'd go to five pound shows when I'm when I'm fighting, people would ask me, "Is your mum coming? Is your mum coming?" I think they liked her more than me. So I'm like, "Well, you need to come now, so <laughs> to hype me up." Um, but she's really, she watches it all the time. Um, so we would maybe like it'd be. Maybe a wee Saturday, Saturday night, the family's round. We stick the wrestling on. Saturday night wrestling. I love that. I, I, I can only hope that, that that would happen in, in my house. It does not. It does not at all. <laughs> if, it's not, if it's not Jack Jester, my wife's not watching. That's, that's pretty much the be all and end all when it comes to wrestling. Uh, that are looking sharp. So that's our two caveats for, for ICW anyway. Um, but... So, so, I mean, I, I, I was going to put the one and only good guy because I saw that was your moniker, but I might just put WWE Superstar Levi now. I mean, you're on the <laughs> network. That's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> uh, so, it's, so you fact, yes, the great matches, like Theodorus, uh, Jimmy Pierce as well, in there as well, who's he's a, well, he's, um, Luke and Sharp's cousin, so he's pretty much a carbon copy, just smaller, if that was at all possible. Um, it, it's, the, the opponents you've had are just like say insane when you find out I mean WWE Network that was all exciting was there any 
extra trepidation when you found out that they were going to Peacock. So you're in front of four, potentially in front of 42 million people and on the same network as The Office and stuff like that. I was speechless, to be honest with you. <laughs> I had, I didn't know what to say. I was kind of like, the network was big enough for me. And then you hear, you're going on Peacock, to, you're going on Peacock, I'm like, Right, is somebody taking taking the joke with me? Because clearly I'm I'm in either in a dream or this is a big joke. Like then I'm I'm expecting somebody to just go, ha, we got you, kind of thing. Um but my god, I was it's 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 amazing on how much like to, certainly to see how far ICW's come as a company to go from um doing shows in small venues and now to go onto the WWE network onto Peacock TV like it's it's amazing for them and certainly with with us the GPWA it's a it's a great opportunity for the likes of myself um other guys at like Leighton Buzzard like yeah he's been in longer than like he's been on ICW but it's great for him uh, it's great for the likes of the Purge Kez Evans but even guys They've came out with me, so um, like Logan Smith, um, Daz Black, just to, just to name a few, but like, and then like people before us. So we've seen like a few names getting out there. Like certainly one that springs to mind for me is Craig Martin, who he's only had a few matches. Um, sadly, had one with Sweeney, so <laughs> didn't really. That didn't go well for him. Uh, but even for him to be able to get on that, it's that's a great opportunity for people who for the whole school as a as a whole. And it's just amazing because they, this is probably like certainly for them, this is the first matches they've ever had. Um and you're getting on to be on the WWE Network and Peacock, like it's, it's insane. So it's certainly for me, I was I was like, wow, this is this is big. Like, and all these guys who are coming into our school who are training, once they get this opportunity, they gotta be like, hold out two horns and be like, not letting go and taking this as as serious as possible. Yeah, because nowadays, the, being back when you, not even when you started, because NXT UK was kind of starting to be a thing, but but nowadays it's not a case of Drew's not the exception to the rule anymore. I mean, it goes it means going to Scotland, come from Scotland to go to WWE, um, of course, because Nikki Cross, uh, Wolfgang, Mark Coffey, Joe Coffey, Piper Niven, or do drop. By this point, she might not be due drop anymore. But uh, uh, making their debuts over the just everywhere, it's just that they're, they're a lot of people are like slagging WWE for not being as popular as it once was uh, in US ratings or whatever. But I think people fail to understand they are truly global. Oh, they've yeah. got they've they've got these these places NXT UK and they're bringing them over to WWE and, and it's just. Um, I don't want to sound like I don't want to sound like a mark, as they will say, as they would say on the interwebs. But um, I don't think people understand how global WWE is, and the fact that you're you're in Glasgow and 
you're on the WWE Network and it's not impossible that you'll appear in NXT UK. It's not impossible that you'll be over at NXT, Raw, SmackDown. Yeah. These are things that aren't, aren't like, it'll never happen. These are all things that can happen now, which is, um, it's terrifying, I suppose, oh, as a wrestler. <laughs> it, it's also a dream come true because it's, well, certainly for me, like I said, it's proven all those people wrong. Um, it's brilliant we've got a couple of questions from, from Eddie Castle I've got a couple of my silly questions and then we'll, we'll kind of aim to wrap up because I'm very aware of your time um, so Eddie's asked uh, why are you oh sorry man, that's wrong uh, why why am I trying to say that there way why is he that's it why is he your favourite person to bar about oh god <laughs> I think it's well Certainly, once I entered the school, Eddie Castle, um, he he kind of took me. He really helped me, uh, going through like helped me to build to the gap to the character that I'm, that that is Levi, and there's something. Well, certainly the people I've had matches with, like certainly with the GPWA guys, there's something they are we, we click very easily because we're. We are training, we are training with each other every single day. Like, so we're always around each other. But certainly, with Eddie Castle, I think our minds are very alike. So we know what what works with this move and what works with this move. Um. So, and he's got he's just got that kind of face. You want he's punch, you know, <laughs> as well. So, <laughs> so that's. That's why he's my favourite to, to punch a bit. He's your Bucky Barnes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know if he'll take that as a compliment or not, but <laughs> I'm sure he will. Sebastian Sands a very, very good-looking boy. Uh, and he's also asked, uh, why is he also your favourite all-round? Just oh. the face, isn't it? It's just the face. Um, just because... Oh. I, I put me on the spot here because if I say he, he's my favourite, then I'm going to get all the messages from all the other guys. How am I not your favourite? Everybody's my favourite. I get along with everybody. Um, but the connect, like I, like I said, I think it's just because when we have our matches, um, we do click like so easily. And certainly, like you were saying, with I like if we mess up, if you mess something up, you think the fans are going to react to it. Certainly, with my experience with him, um, I feel like maybe we've messed something up, but we fix it so easily, so it looks like it's not nothing's messed up. I feel like that's why me and him, once we like when we do have matches together, it's. It's one that people are going to go, this is going to be a good gym. So move on to our stupid questions. Uh, I don't know if you listen to any past episodes, you might know what they are, but uh, we ask everyone, uh, what's your favourite dinosaur? Oh, uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex. Messi's his classic choice. The other question we ask people is, what would win the fight? Two sheep or one cow? Two sheep or one cow? Uh, one cow. Just, is that just a gut feeling or is there a... Just, 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 right? I think it's the, 
banging massively. <laughs> I don't know. It's fine. I'm, I'm happy to just go with your first choice. That's all right. And uh, I'll add a third one in just because you mentioned it already. Uh, favorite Ninja Turtle? Oh, Leonardo. Really? Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so judgmental. <laughs> um, Leonardo was always my favorite. I know. It's very, very, like, oh. <laughs> like you're like oh god he's he's the leader like oh my god but I think it's just because um I kind of saw that uh, like Leo to me was um Raph's the he- he- uh, hot-headed Donnie's the smart one and of course Mikey's the the crazy party guy Leo was the calm one he was the the responsible one so certainly with me um it really helped me with like I, I like I'm happy to say I when I was when I said like people said I couldn't do it, like the wrestling, I got bullied for liking wrestling. So for my my out my whole life, people bullied me for liking the wrestling and being overweight and all that stuff. And certainly what I learned from that character, <laughs> I know it sounds like well, you learned it from a ninja turtle. What the hell? But staying calm and not getting hot-headed, to not react and just keep moving forward. Just don't listen to them. Just be staying calm. That's why he was always my favorite. I don't know why I was so quick to judge you because my favorite is Raphael. <laughs> he he is a knob by, by standards. He's <laughs> the exact opposite that I think I am. I'm I'm the calm, collected one, and he's just reckless. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's just I'm I'm just putting everything, all my my irresponsibilities and my recklessness into a, a Ninja Turtle. Uh, but no, I, I always find I love all the Ninja Turtles. I love them all, but um, I I know maybe people might go, oh God, he's one of those people. Donatello just never interested me. Oh, no. No. <laughs> annoying. That's what he was. Older I got, Michelangelo was starting to get annoying, but Donatello was always... Oh, God, I know. Just... But I, I recently read the the last Ronin comics, and, my God, they're, like, they're probably one of the best Ninja Turtles I've... Like, even from a cartoon view, see, like seeing that on, like, a as a comic on paper, you're like, that is the per- that's like one of the perfect Ninja Turtle like ideas and storyline you could do for a movie or a show. And like what they've done for that comic is just that's probably one of the, one of my favorites. Be sure to check it out. So before we, we go then, dream opponents. Who is the who's the dream? Anyone fancy locally whoever who who would you want to be in the ring with oh god there's well there's a lot of people i've all like i would love to fight well certainly edge is one for always being a fan like being a fan of edge um and then eventually getting to meet him in person i was like oh my god like he's here he's actually right in front of me and like uh, i've always just been like one day i want to fight him um I did want to fight The Undertaker, but sadly now he's retired, so damn it. But uh, well, locally, like BT Gun, like oh my God, like Jack Jester as well. I was meant to fight Jack Jester um, 
one time, but sadly something like we had some issues with travel and and didn't happen. So Jack Jester one day. Um, yeah, yeah. All, all my coaches. I would love to fight my coaches, but um, I would say if someone like who's no longer here, uh, Eddie Guerrero. My God, yeah. Like Eddie Guerrero was just phenomenal, and looking at this, like even for me, like I watched some of his some of his mo- like what he done in WCW um, and b- like even before WWE I'm just like how can I put my own spin to that and I just like being able to just be in the ring and fight with Eddie Guerrero you just be like you can you would learn so much from because the guy was just he was already like see where we are now he was already he was there way before that. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Eddie, I, I was just at a very recent uh, podcast. I was, I was speaking to someone and literally trying to think of a bad match Eddie had. Nah, I don't think he could. I, I mean, those matches that may not have been perfect, but they were always worth watching. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Him, Andre, like them together, you're just like, my God. Now, I was just going to go to social media, but I'm, I can't let you go without asking about meeting Edge then. So is this uh, Inside the Ropes? Yes, Inside the Ropes. Um, it was a, f- a funny funny story um, because I had a spare ticket and I was like, well, who can I invite? And my little cousin, she she watched the wrestling and I was like, do you want to come and meet Edge? So she came with me and... She she loved Edge just as much as me. Um she thought she thought he was good looking. I thought he was just a goddamn cool guy. Um but I remember getting to eventually speak to him and I'm saying, like, oh my god, you're you were always my favorite, like you were always my favorite heel, like best villain ever, and like you were you inspired me to become a wrestler. And us being Scottish, we speak. 100, 100 miles an hour, so it's very hard to understand. And I just remember him looking at me going, and I just remember saying, you don't know a word I'm saying. He goes, it's very hard to understand the accent. And I'm like, he goes, but I got the most of it. <laughs> so, but, oh my God, just everything about him, like they say, the guy on the cam, the guy on the camera is not the guy you see in public, like, my God, he's one of the nicest people you would ever meet. It was, like, people say, you shouldn't meet your heroes. <laughs> no, meet your heroes, like, my God. That's, yeah, that's, that's, uh, I was, I was literally about to say that as well. And for anyone who's watching the video feed, may have noticed my door open, it's because uh, my dog has come into the room. That is not a ghost. Um, <laughs> but on that subject, uh, yeah, I've, I've already mentioned in other podcasts, my just hilariously bad stories of meeting wrestlers, but as far as meeting heroes, I hope hopefully in October I'll be meeting John C. McGinley because uh, I'm a humongous Scrubs fan, Platoon, all that kind of stuff. So I'm hoping he's as cool as like an Edge would proceed yeah. as well. Uh, but that's, that's a story by me. But um, I think that's me being told that someone needs to go out. So this is the perfect time to wrap up. Uh, where can people find you on social media? 
Um, you can find me on Instagram at Levi's underscore Justice nineteen ninety nine, and on Twitter at L Justice nineteen ninety nine. Perfect. Well, great. Well, thank you very much for joining me today. Thank you, mate. Thank you.